Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. This is your host, Diana Crash, and I am joined by the fabulous Leslie Andrichuk, founder of Alpha Woman. Um, and I've had her on before, so she's not brand new to the podcast, and I can't wait to dive deep into some great topics with you. Um, but before we start, we're going to begin with the segment that we always do, and that's called Fave Pot, Fave Not Pot where each of us will go through our favorite current cannabis-related and non-cannabis-related item at the moment. Hey, Leslie, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Diana, I'm doing well. How are you? Great. So I'm going to start with my fave pot. Um, I was recently sent a sample of um, a, a new brand called Toasty. It's uh, with two Ys at the end, and you might be seeing the founder of that. Um, making the rounds on podcasts and other shows because um, it's a newer brand and I love this lotion. It's um, broad spectrum, 300 milligram CBD. It's on the packaging. It says high CBD hand and body lotion, which would make you think it's like more of a pump type. That's what I think when I hear lotion, this is more of a body cream um, and it absorbs very easily. It's lightweight it has a very pleasant light smell. It's like very light citrus. And it made my little lizard paws look less scary. So <laughs> <laughs> I desperately needed it right now. I can tell you that. Um, oh. So I'm really a big fan. And uh, you can check it out at www.gettingtoasty with two eyes.com. Um, and it's cruelty free, which, hello. Yay. <laughs> Love that. Love that. What's your fave pot right now, Leslie? Well, I have a lot of issues with um, sleeping. So yeah, I've same. tried a mazillion. Yeah, I just, it's been basically 17 years since I became a mom. And uh, the sleep thing has just persisted. And so I, I, you know, like many people, I'm not, I don't want to take sleeping pills. So, um, and cannabis has been the one thing that over the years has really saved me. But the newest and most amazing thing that I have found is, um, and I'm up here in Canada. So, of course, the products that we can get are different from the ones down in the U.S. Right. But my little secret that I use now is there's a company um, here in Ontario called Redican. And they produce a product called Raindrops, R-E-I-G-N, Drops. Nice. And they do, you know... Um, they do pure CBD and then one to one and then one to 15. And what I take for sleep is a 30, 30 milligrams, I believe what it is of pure THC. And I got to tell you, Diana, what I do is my secret now is I smoke a nice, you know, a nice pink cush, a nice heavy uh, indica before I go to bed. And then I take my raindrops and I literally sleep through the night, which is wow for me. I, 
like I'll wake up and I still wake up at six. Right. When I wake up, I go, wait, did I, did I just sleep through the night? Wow. Is that even possible? Um, So it's just been a a real game changer for me. Wow. I guess I have to move to Canada to get some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Literally any reason. (laughs) I'll be there. Um, (laughs) All right. So that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're getting sleep because, yeah, I suffer with that too. When you said, I have a son who's 17, I'm thinking, is it because he doesn't sleep as well? Because that's what I have. My son doesn't sleep. He parties. Oh boy, he's three. But well, so here's the thing: my son breastfed till he was three, and okay. he was angry when I um, said, "You know, this is this has got to stop," because he right. was getting up still three or four times a night. I was working full time, and I was a mess, yeah. as you can well imagine. But the problem really was that it then that had cultivated already in me, in my mind, my brain, however it works. Uh, insomnia. And so I just, uh, it's just been persistent ever since then. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found something that works. That is so important because I was just talking about this the other day, uh, prescription sleep medication or pharmaceutical sleep medication. I mean, if it works for you, you know, go, go forward, but (laughs) (laughs) that is the only thing that has ever made me really hallucinate in a way where I was like petrified. I took, um, What's the one that everybody always talks about? Ativan or the, yeah, the yeah. one the A, the one that not Ativan, but it was like it's a sleep medicine that um oh. ooh, people were like buying stuff on it and stuff like that. Remember, like people would like murder people yeah. um, while they were on it. <laughs> um, I totally believe all of that, by the way, because I was I saw auras, I saw really? like, oh my god, yes. I I was very scared. And when I took it. And I mean, and my doctor's answer was, let's just increase your dosage. And I'm telling you, I didn't sleep for three whole days. I, I was losing my mind, literally. I mean, I, oh, it was a tough, tough, tough journey there trying to figure out like what would work and what didn't. And I'm so glad I finally got away from pharmaceuticals in that department. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm off of all pharmaceuticals right now, but I don't want to shame anyone who's taking them because they need to take them. But, no, of course. Yeah, if it works for you. That's so, right. yeah. So, um, my fave not pot right now is a show called Never Have I Ever on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it. I've seen it. Yeah. And I kept seeing the little things pop up on my Netflix. And I'm like, I don't know. Should I watch another teen drama? Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. And then I have a teen at home. I mean, I just got done Gotham Girl. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I will watch teen dramas if they're good. I am that person. But this is Mindy Kaling. Uh, creation so I was like okay I'll give it an episode I've got to tell you this is one of the best shows I have ever seen when it comes to teens ever hands down my whole life this is such a good show it is so funny by the way and Mm -hmm. let me just read the synopsis because you would not think it's funny at all after traumatic year a first-generation Indian-American teenager wants to improve her status at school but friends, family, and feelings don't make it easy on her. And to go even further, she winds up, spoiler alert, I'm just going to tell you one thing, it won't spoil the whole thing, but she winds up um, paralyzed in, in like the first oh. episode. And so oh. you're like, there's no way this could be funny. No. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. It has so much representation in it. I love it. 
it's I cannot recommend it enough. So wow, and yeah. I support anything that Mindy Kaling does. She's incredible. She really is, and she's so funny. Oh my god, the way she wrote. I mean, I don't know if she wrote. I, I'm sure she has something to do with the writing it, but all of her um, work I really find very funny. So, mm-hmm. what's your fave not pop? Well, right now, um, a, a girlfriend recently lent to me a, a book called Braiding Sweetgrass by oh, Robin Wall. That's so crazy. My best friend just uh, recommended that book to me. Uh, one of my old high school friends said that because we're talking about plants all the time yes. to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was recommended to me months ago. Um, and I put a hold on at the library for it. And it, it was like a five month hold. It was weird. My girlfriend gave it to me like a week ago and suddenly the book is in the library. So there's something that's, I must read this. I've been wanting to read it for a long time. And I, and I, you know, so I am, I'm not too far into it, but I really feel like it should be required reading for everyone on the planet. And, um, you know, there's already so much beauty in uh, both the writing, the Mm -hmm. writing style, but also what she writes about. Um, And uh, and, and also, you know, the notion of respect, uh, and listening to, uh, indigenous cultures, uh, because, you know, they were here, uh, we're both North American and, um, you know, I think it's the, the, the reckoning time has come as well, mm-hmm. uh, that we all, it is time for us to listen, shut up and listen. Yeah. I, I can't, I, there, I have such a well of emotion when I think about the, you know, the, the horror that has been inflicted, um, you know, on indigenous folks and on the planet, on the earth. And it's time that we, um, you know, that, that we all um, start to understand that caregiving and caring for our planet, caring for each other, uh, caring for women mm-hmm. is an important part of life. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so I'm really excited. Um, I'm, I, I know that I'm probably going to cry about a million times and I already have, you know, cried because I just want, I want everyone to read this book. Well, I'm definitely going to, because I need something that isn't completely nonfiction to read. Right. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in that, you know, you get in that zone where you're just reading like one nonfiction book after another. Yeah. And so I really, is it a nonfiction book? Now that I just said that, I hadn't even checked to see, is it a nonfiction book? That's a good question. It's, I think it's more like, yeah, well, I guess you would say nonfiction. It's recounting of stories. Okay. So it's kind of like, um, is it like a selection of essays or? Yes, like oh, like okay. yeah, five different sort of stories. My friend did not explain it well enough, and you just did a beautiful job of it. So I'm definitely going to put that on my list next um, because I need another book to read. So that isn't telling me how to parent or right <laughs> change my way of thinking. That isn't you know I need something different. So I'm definitely going to look that up. So talking about reading things that are important and you know shutting up and listening and all of that. That is what Alpha Woman's speaks to me. That's how it speaks to me. I I see Alpha Woman in all of its different iterations and it's a multimedia platform. I didn't even give it enough of an introduction. Um, But you, we we discussed this a little bit earlier off the air, but you were on our show on your highness a couple of years ago. It might even have been three years ago now. Um, And I remember the beginnings of this platform and what you've done with it is incredible in such a short time. And as a writer, this just makes me so excited to see the topics that I want to cover, that I want to read 
and that make me really feel good about people who are writing other writers, you know? It makes me feel good about the fact that people are speaking truth to power and you're cultivating uncomfortable conversations, necessary, essential conversations, but also conversations that aren't very common, like commonly had, right? Mm -hmm. They're not yeah. very popular because like, I don't know, they don't fit into whatever, um, <laughs> yeah. whatever specifications people want to uh, read well, all the time. Yeah, that's it. And and I I worked in publishing and broadcasting uh, for a long time at some of ter some of Canada's uh, well, actually Canada's premier media media companies like the Globe and Mail and Toronto Star. So you know, I really had a very particular experience in these extremely patriarchal and old companies where literally Diana, like the Toronto Star, had their first. Uh, editor-in-chief who was female like three mm -hmm. years ago and she lasted wow. a year yeah wow so you can imagine why like none of, oh my god why would anyone in any of these you know old patriarchal and most of them are now owned uh, by I think actually all of the media outlets in Canada because they're now all consolidated into yep. these conglomerates they're yeah. all in fact owned uh, by um Republicans, U.S. Republicans. And so what happens is that that, that very um, political conservative stance trickles on up here. And so none of these import, actually important topics make it to air um, because most of what, you know, makes it to air or is published, you know, it goes through the political slant, even though no one's going to actually admit to that. In, right. In it these it comes across as why do people care? You know, and when right. you're asked that as the writer, you're like, I, I care. Isn't that enough? Yeah. I mean, if I care and, and, you know, 10 years ago, I used to think that wasn't enough. And now it's like, well, there's a very specific reason why they're making you feel like mm -hmm. what you care about doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And, and having publications like yours or um, media empires rather <laughs> um, <laughs> is so important and, and it's flourishing for a reason because there's so many voices that need to be heard and this is what's interesting and this is what we need to be talking about. And so um, in that vein, can you tell me about um, some of your recent pieces that you've ran on your site? I know that recently you ran a feature about period poverty and you interviewed the CEO of Diva International. Can you talk about that a bit? Like what was your process um, coming up with that? Was it a theme that you came up with or? Yeah. So, you know, in the um, old tradition of uh, magazine publishing, um, what we do at Alpha Woman is we have an editorial focus for each month and that helps me do a number of things. It helps, um, it helps us really create, uh, you know, gravitational content that is in depth that, you know, I can um, assign out different uh, uh, angles and focuses around that theme to different people and explore it in a really full way. The second thing that it allows us to do is to go out and find sponsors because what I've done is built an editorial calendar where I know uh, from a 12 month snapshot, what we're going to focus on, like 
uh, August is fitness and sports month. Coincidentally, the Olympics are also on. (laughs) (laughs) September is sex month. Um, And, you know, actually September 4th is World Sexual Health Day. Right. Um, Yes. So I always try to uh, coordinate what we're going to focus on uh, with there's like within sort of a cultural zeitgeist as well. And then October, small business month and and so on and so forth. So, um, so, you know, with my team, we decided that, and, and always this has to be looked at through the lens of alpha woman um, and what our mission is. So with my team, we, we came up with the idea to have July be menstruation month. Mm-hmm. I don't really look at menstruation through a number of different lenses. Mm-hmm. One is the financial lens. And this is, an, and the, we, we really do have a very global um, view, a global viewpoint at, at Alpha Woman. And I'll explain a little bit about um, more about that and how we do that in a moment. But we wanted to look at menstruation through four different lenses. So financial, mm-hmm. um, the physical the uh the mental uh as- or sorry the um the societal aspect of it um and then uh, there's one more my apologies it'll come back to me in a second so what we did was we um so i assigned out to the different writers to you know oh and then we did reviews the actual product aspect of it oh great um, yeah and then just leveraging all um all of the um of the, of the different assets that we have. So we did, as you mentioned, we did the podcast with uh, Kareen Chambersaney, who's the CEO of Diva Cup. She's an incredible woman. And she and her mother actually founded uh, Diva, Diva International quite a few years ago in 2001. And it's become a global sensation. With, they're in 44 countries. And um, they have uh, an organization called Diva Cares, which uh, is helping to eradicate period poverty. Right. I saw that. Yeah, really, really interesting. But, you know, what has been so fantastic about this whole thing is that I have um, I have um, 10 interns and I work with um, University of British Columbia. And um, so I, I work directly with their School of um, International Economics. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have currently I have six interns who are at the U at UBC in the School of International Economics. They all come from different countries around the world. And it's been absolutely fascinating. So all of them are currently still in still in their home country due to COVID, but they're all coming back to Canada very soon. So one's been in Mumbai, one's in Tokyo, one's in Kuala Lumpur, one's in Vancouver, one's in Saskatchewan. And even those that are in Canada are from, you know, uh, uh, other other countries. So what we've done is really explored menstruation um, Mm -hmm. and how it how it happens, how women experience menstruation around the world. And Diana, it has been so eye opening. And I and, you know, there are people who who have heard this information, but probably now when I, you know, as we explore, not that many, because the statistics are shocking. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, it's shocking and extremely perturbing. And I've had just the tremendous benefit of working with these young women um, who are economic students. So we're exploring. That's what is amazing. The, yeah, right? Like, it's incredible. Um, and one of them coined the term menstronomics. 
So, and I want to read that. Oh my God, that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> well, we have t-shirts. We, we actually have menstruation month t-shirts and you know Ooh. what? You're right. I'm going to put down one of our t-shirts, but I want to read you what she wrote because it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, she said, here's, here's what menstruonomics uh, is basically investing in the production and promotion of uh, promoting the use of menstrual products like sanitary napkins, tampons, and menstrual cups are what economists term pure positive externality, an individual's action that benefits society collectively. And we never think about this, but here's the thing. The use and production of sanitary napkins and other hygienic products will significantly lower the probability of women contracting reproductive disorders and infections. This in turn will reduce not only the financial and emotional strain on women, their families, and the healthcare system, but will also help optimize their performance at work. In the parlance of capitalism, efficiency is key. Access to menstrual products has been found to reduce absenteeism from work by 21%. Every month, 1.8 billion people across the world menstruate. That's almost one quarter of the world's population. A huge percentage of women in this quarter are being held back, compromising their work, education, and personal growth. This is either due to lack of access to menstrual products or societal, societal castigation for being incapacitated or repulsive when on their period. With necessary expenditure for awareness-based menstrual hygiene campaigns, governments would ensure the entry of a sizable menstruating population into the workforce. So there's a very compelling economic argument for um, countries to provide menstrual products for wow. free. Yeah. And I wonder how deep that goes. I mean, I wonder if there's some research there about the prisons, you know, because yeah. I know here in the prison systems, um, there's a severe lack of sanitary napkins and everything, everything surrounding period health um, in the prisons. So, I, I mean, it goes so far. It's so yeah. far reaching. And I don't understand why, I mean, other than the patriarchy, duh, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, the answer to everything, right? Um, <laughs> it's like, why isn't childcare more <laughs> more comprehensive? It would help you all make more money. Why isn't right? You know, we can go on yeah. and on and on we and on. Go but on and on. Yeah. It's like, why why make it easier for the people that that, that they're threatened by, right? Um, anyway, right, right. <laughs> simply, right? Um, yeah. So. Can you tell me one of the most surprising things you've learned since creating a multimedia platform? I mean, collectively over your course of the course of your career, you've probably learned so many things, but just in the last several years. That's a good question. The surprising thing. I think it's less about the multimedia platform because I'm a creator. I love I, I I'm kind of one of those people give me a, a sheet of white paper and I will create something. Um mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of stupidly fearless in that way. Um, I think the surprising things that I've learned and that I continue to learn are around human beings and mm -hmm. even about myself, to be honest. I think that I've learned a lot about myself. And I think, you know, I've realized in looking back that the process of creating Alpha Woman was a lot about my own self-actualization into mm -hmm. becoming an alpha woman um, that I probably should have been 15 years ago. Uh, so I think the, the surprising things that I've learned are around um, myself, um, 
and and my own journey and how strong I really can be, but also that I need to really trust my own instincts um, as it relates to collaborating with other people, to working with other people. Um, I tend to be kind of trusting and to open up, but it's not always the right thing. You know, yes, that is my biggest lesson that I'm learning. (laughs) It is hard because I'm trying to find the balance now between like trusting people and expecting the best out of them with automatically expecting the worst now, you know, you get jaded and it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to find that balance of like, how do I proceed with caution, but also not cut people out before I let them in. Yeah. And the other thing that I'm really, really working on is just telling my truth. If it doesn't work for me, just say it. Um, You know, Canadians, we tend to be nice. Like everyone kind of, I'm also like doubly nice because I'm just like nice. Mm-hmm. Which I've been told, oh, you're too nice. I've been told that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I am working on that. I'm working on saying my truth in a very positive way, um, but it's my truth and it's just intractable. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. I love to hear that. So um, you're also giving a really awesome platform for people to tell their truth, which is really great and it's invaluable. So in that, in that regard, let's talk about what you're doing with young alphas. Um, what's that about your young alpha program? Oh, I can't even, Oh my gosh, Diana, like they're literally giving me life. I, I, it's, <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be like a bad thing. It sounds really no, great. They're giving me life. Like I just love them. I feel so much gratitude Um, I sort of stumbled into this uh, because I've been working with a platform called Ripen. And um, what they do is they match up companies with with schools who are looking to place students in internships or co-op programs. So um, in like late last year, uh, we discovered each other and they invited me onto their platform. And um, I was able to connect with three amazing young interns in March. So it went along quite quickly, hired them on. And one of them uh, suggested, you know, she sort of timidly said, would you, what would, what would you think about doing something along the lines of young alpha? And mm-hmm. I had been thinking of this for quite a while because to me, alpha woman, I, I actually believe that most women, most women on the planet have an alpha woman inside themselves. And um, there's nothing more important to me. I'm now, you know, in my 50s. There's mm-hmm. nothing more important and fulfilling to me than, than to communicate my knowledge and to help give a platform for other um, women and diverse, uh, you know, women um, to also communicate their knowledge and their power and to communicate this specifically to young alpha women. However, I'm going to say one thing. I'm also someone who I I hate ageism and I hate ageism in in both ways. I believe that young women have so much to teach us. Um, And that is why I got so excited when you asked me to talk about young alpha because I am living for it because I learn from them every day. And and it's, it's just a beautiful collaboration. And um, they get excited about what, you know, what is on offer for them, um, you know, vis-a-vis what they can do with Alpha Woman, because I just, 
I want to give them all the creative opportunities that, that I can possibly give them. But what's humbling for me is to see their passion for alpha woman, to see where they want to take the brand and why it's important to them. Like it literally makes me emotional. <laughs> like we did our first um, street team out in Vancouver um, at University of British Columbia. One of the young alphas, she came up with the idea to do a, a street team around menstruation. So, uh, you know, they, they we got special t-shirts made and they went out into UBC campus and they polled a lot of folks, asked them, you know, tell us about, you know, the myths that you know about menstruation or what are the stupid things that, you know, people have said to you when you're on your period. And we're just now putting together that, that, that reel. And it's just so exciting. Uh, oh, I can't wait to see it. That's amazing. Yeah. That is right? such, such, such a collaborative. I love that. You know, I love when younger people, I, I love when any, any age, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not ageist either. And I do hate ageism. And I mean, I don't participate in it, but they are, there's a fact that some people are younger, right? right. <laughs> and, and, but I, and yes, and they might have things to learn, but they have things to teach. And just like we have things to learn when we get older. I mean, we're always learning, right? There's always, always something learning. to learn. And it's, and if you're not, then what are you even doing? Really? It's so true. <laughs> yeah. so, that's just, uh, that's so awesome though. And I love that you have that attitude about it and I can totally relate to getting emotional like ever since I had my son I've like I, I just tear up about everything that regard in regards to anyone younger or people with new ideas or yeah. you, know, um, you know people telling the truth anything I start to get emotional now I'm just like this is so cool I mean it's what keeps you going and it um, is. It this is. toxic hellfire that we live in today you know <laughs> it gives me hope that there is yeah. a future for humanity yeah. and that's a big deal right now I mean it might be the biggest deal ever right now <laughs> yeah you're not wrong yeah so um before we go how can the cannabis community best support you I know you don't um cover exclusive cannabis related topics right it's not exclusive to plant medicine but you do include um cannabis in your um, topics pretty regularly so how can the cannabis community best support you both personally and professionally? That is a great question. And, and yeah, you know, cannabis is very much in our DNA. We really did start out intending to change the cannabis industry. So, and, and, and I'm just a personal believer in, in the goodness of cannabis, both medical and recreational. So it will always be in our DNA. Um, there's no doubt about that. And, and that's a great question. Uh, we, you know, I, I just put it out to the industry at large, and this is nothing about Alpha Woman or, or me personally, but I say to the industry at large, please try to be intelligent, try to be the first industry, uh, you know, ever in humanity that starts out with the intention to be equitable and diverse and hire on not just women, but, 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 but people, you know, of all colors and creeds and, and because it will make a better company. There's just no doubt about it. It will make a better industry period. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing I would say is, you know, support, support my business. Um, I've got, for example, I have an upcoming comedy club. I'm looking for a sponsor. Um, I've been a marketer my whole life. I know how to build marketing packages, even in a difficult industry like cannabis. So you know, uh, companies like yours, Diana, like mine, support us with your yeah. money, with your money. <laughs> 
Can you say that one more time for the cheap cheap seats? Cannabis companies support us with your money. Money, dollars. That's awesome. I would love to get your uh, input about marketing plans and everything like that with with uh you know i'm sure people can hire you for that i'm not saying just give me all your <laughs> give me all your knowledge for free but um yeah anyway that is so true give us your money <laughs> yeah like we don't we our businesses don't run on air people <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> you know. um, anyway so it was so great to have you on again and i really appreciate what you're doing and i really really hope that uh you come back on again so before we end, tell people where they can find you and your podcast. Absolutely. So you can find us at alphawomanco.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the podcast, everything we do. And on socials, we're at Alpha Women Co. everywhere. Awesome. Thank you again, Leslie. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Diana. And likewise, I love what you do as well. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.